What is going on, comic fam? It is your boy, the Bearded Comic Bro, and I am joined by creator Mark Russell. Thank you so much for joining the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Greg. Yeah. So you are, you've been behind the book, uh, God is Disappointed in You. You've written comics um, for DC, you worked on the Riddler book, you've worked on Wonder Twins, you've worked on the Flintstones, you've been on Red Sonia, you've been with Ahoy with Second Coming and Billionaire Island. Like, if you all haven't read something that you've written yet, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I've real, only been in comics for like five years. So it seems wow. like it's it's been a lot. It's been a, bit, it's been a long five years. Um, yeah. I feel like I've, I've worked on a lot of titles during that time. Yeah, that's, I, if you, if you would ask me before five years, I would not have guessed that. I'm like, there's no way. Cause I feel like it took me 30 minutes just to go through all the titles. I didn't name all of them that you're doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I've, it's been nice because it's, it's been a education working on all these different titles, different kinds of titles, superhero titles, creator owned uh, Westerns. I did a Lone Ranger series, but it really has been sort of like a, uh, an education and how comics work as yeah. a medium different than other mediums because as you mentioned before i got into comics i i had written books like god is disappointed in you and so i was used to writing prose so so comics as a as a visual medium is is at once liberating because i don't have to actually put the image in your mind with words i can have an artist do that right uh, much more efficiently and but it's also you know in a way kind of um yeah, I had to retrain myself. It's like teaching an old dog new tricks. <laughs> so it's been, a, I've, I feel like I've learned a few tricks in the last five years. Yeah, nice. Well, let me, I, one of the first questions I always ask when I bring a creator on is, um, how do you, how did you get in the comics? So like I said, you, you said, you know, one of your first things you were working on was your book of God's Disappointed in You. And then it seems like you made us transition into comics at some point. How did that kind of work yeah. for you? Well, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, I, I, I wrote that book, and it was actually published by a comics publisher. It was published by Top Shelf. Um, so that was sort of my first entree into the comics world. I, okay. You know, I was sort of comics adjacent at that point, but my real first sort of baptism of fire in comics was a comic book that uh, DC did called Prez, which is actually a reboot of a uh, Joe Simon comic that ran in the early 70s for about four issues. Uh, but they wanted to do a, a comic book about Prez, the first teenage president, in the run-up to the 2016 election. So uh, they asked me, and the weird thing is that I thought, I just always assumed it was because they'd read my book. You know, I thought, oh, okay, well, they, they asked me because they read this book. I thought it'd be, it'd be a good voice for comics. It wasn't that at all. It was because I was posting on Facebook, I was posting this Count Chocula fan fiction that uh, Marie Javens, who was uh, the editor of Prez, like happened to read and then just threw my name in the hat for like people to write this Prez comic uh, based upon my, the strength of my Count Chocula fan fiction. So that's not really a story I think you can duplicate. I don't, I, I wouldn't recommend I don't, it to start writing, you know, Frankenberry fan fiction on the internet and assume that's gonna lead you to a career in comics, but that it worked for me, I think, most people get into comics just sort of get get in there by accident. That's I of all the times I've interviewed creators of how they got into yeah. the comics, writing fan fiction for Accountant Docula is not what probably I probably the first time you've heard that story, I'm guessing. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm not especially even a fan of Count Chocula. I just thought it'd be funny to write like this sort of like 
uh, about these monster cereals like Count Chocula and Frankenberry and Booberry, as if it, it was like an episode of Game of Thrones. That was like my my concept. So they're just saying these really dark and sort of um, medieval things to each other, but it's you know a, a, a vampire who lusts for chocolate. You know, that's been now. I have to ask: Is that out there still in the world for people to see? Well, the weird thing is that, you know, it kind of became came full circle at one point because that got me into comics. And then comics, after I, you know, was sort of got a bit of a name for myself, like I uh, was talking to Ahoy Comics and, and they said, well, do you have anything that you uh, that would be good to adapt to a comic that you haven't that you've just got already written? I said, well, I do have this Count Chocula fan fiction. And so they've been publishing uh, these as installments in like the Edgar Allan, Ho Edgar Allan Poe's mm -hmm. Snifter of Terror. Which I think they changed the name for the second season to Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Blood. But they've been publishing I've like all these sort of monster serial stories I've written in, in like little, to little 12 page comics. My mind is blown and now I have to go pick up those series. Um, because holy buckets, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love I love it how you're like, yeah, it came full circle. I was like, wait, are you uh you doing work for yeah, that got me <laughs> into comics, now? which in turn got me back into Count Chocula fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, my my career is an Ouroboros. So my first exposure to you was Second Coming. Um, I remember when that when the news of Second Coming came out, I read the synopsis of it, and I was like, "This sounds fantastic. This sounds like a a story that I'm here for." Um, and I wasn't really familiar with your work, and I remember just loving everything that you're doing with second coming when it was coming out um so i have to ask since it was kind of my first foray into your work where did the idea for second coming come about well it was actually uh, the combination of two ideas because I, I wanted to do a comic about a um a superhero like basically like about superman realizing how uh how little his powers actually how, how few of his own problems his powers could actually solve mm -hmm. like having like a grandmother that's that's dealing with dementia or wanting to be able to have a child but not being able to have one because you know technically he's not a human being he's uh, you know a different species which right. makes it even even hard to adopt uh, they, they tend to want to adopt human babies to human parents um, and, and then I also want to do a story about Christ coming back to earth and realizing how, how wrong everyone's gotten his teachings in the last 2000 years. And him feeling like, well, I, I told you I'd be back and, and everyone's just sort of gone to seed without him. Uh, and then it, it occurred to me at some point that these were two sides of the same coin. Mm. That's really a story about power and its limitations or about how power corrupts even good inclinations and so that that's kind of what drove second comings this idea and it also works really well as like a, as a sort of a, a buddy story where you know you have two people with completely different opposite approaches to the world and, and solving problems maybe learning a little from each other as they have to share an apartment <laughs> yeah and it's i mean i remember i like one of the issues like your your superhero uh, sun sorrows literally just beating up bad guys and ready to go interrogate them and he goes outside he's like where are they at and she's like oh i hit them i sent them away <laughs> yeah because that that to me that sort of crystallizes the difference in their approach and and how <laughs> one tries to fix the world through violence and one tries to fix the world through through healing and forgiveness so 
I what I what I've noticed though, because of of reading God's not disappointed in or God's disappointed in you and reading Second Coming, um, you can you can tell that you are knowledgeable about the Bible and the Christian faith, um, because it shows in the writing of what you're doing. Um, you're from you're familiar with the work. Um, where where does that come from? Like, is there like where is it? Cause it's whether, you know, it looks like there's a respect though, at least for how you approach this topic. Cause I know it can be a sensitive topic when you're dealing with it. Cause I remember the whole article about when second coming first came out about the uproar and stuff. So how do you, how do you kind of balance that? Well, for me, the, my knowledge of the Bible came actually, you know, I grew up in a very religious household, but that's actually not where my knowledge of the Bible came from. My knowledge of the Bible came from writing the book, God is Disappointing mm-hmm. You, which I figured would be easy for me because I grew up in a very religious household. So I thought, well, I know the Bible. I know it pretty well. This will be easy. I'll knock it out. But it wasn't until I started writing the book and doing my actual research that I realized just how little I actually knew about the Bible, that how everything I'd been taught about the Bible as a kid growing up was, you know, like 1% of the Bible, just the 1% that was useful to the people who are teaching it to me. Mm-hmm. The 1% to get me to like, you know, shut up and sit down and not have any sex. Uh, so, so it was really a re-education yeah. that, that, that made me sort of familiar with the Bible. And that's kind of also, I think, what sort of spawned the idea for the necessity of a comic like Second Coming, because it's like, we've all, I mean, a third of the United States claims to live their, a third of the people in the U.S. claim to live their life according to the Bible. And I'd be willing to wager that maybe less than 1% of them have any idea what's act, what it actually says. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I think it's, it just is an interesting because it's, it shows you, I think, of, you know, I mean, because if people haven't read God's Disappointing You, you're literally retelling the Bible um, book by book in your interpretation. Right. And I think you're seeing the same thing in your interpretation of, you know, the Gospels of, you know, kind of a story of Jesus right. through the second coming. In, in God is disappointing. I really wanted to be faithful to the Bible, like where this is what the Bible says, albeit through my voice. So it sounds right. like you're trying to explain the Bible to somebody at a bar. You know, it's all very matter of fact. And I use some metaphors that are maybe a little colorful in describing what is happening, but it's all basically what's in the Bible. Second coming is a little different in that it's more about my opinions about the Bible, what it, yeah. it, it, it means, what, what it, you know, Christ should have been saying to people. Mm. I, I like that differentiated. Yeah, now that you say that, I can see that from that. I read Second Coming. I reached out to you via Twitter, and I was like, "I'm from, new to your work. What do you recommend?" And didn't think you'd respond, and you responded pretty quickly and said, "If you like this, a lot of people dig the Flintstones." Uh, and so I crushed through that in a couple of days, um, both those volumes of the Flintstones. And um, and I think as so, first and foremost, just thank you um, as a reader oh I yeah i'm not that, that popular I, I usually respond to people when they get a hold of me listen it, that meant the world to me as someone though who was reading the comic that you i enjoyed and i was liking your work and that you took the time to recommend so um i just know as readers we we love that when creators interact with fans um and so thank that's you one of that. the things i like about being a comics creator too is that you're more approachable it's and you know, people, there's there's people excited about the medium that you're working in, yeah. so it's kind of the best of both worlds. There's you know real fans out there who, who are looking for new stuff, and and yet it's not so big and dispersonal that you know you you are like you know shepherded down some red carpet. You actually can talk to people. It's really right. nice. Yeah, it 
It is because um, uh, I met actually Richard Pace at um, one of the uh, cons and Adam signed Second Coming and just had conversation like the approachability of creators. It's just so cool to have that connection, like you said, though. Yeah, no, I, I think it goes both ways. I think most creators I know really like being able to have that connection with the, with readers, too, because, you know, uh, unlike actors or, you know, athletes or, or whatever, we are writer as writers and artists. We perform in, in secret. You know, everything we do is at a table by ourselves, never knowing how people are going to react to it. So when you do get the chance to go to a con or to talk to somebody on Twitter, it's it's like getting a small glimpse of like the applause from an audience in a play or, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, this is like the feedback that, that most performers are able to get live. We only get like six to nine months after we've finished the performance. After you put your blood, sweat and tears into it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's good to get it anyway i mean because otherwise you just sit there wondering if you're just shouting into like a, a void and if anybody's ever actually going to read what you're writing and if so how they're going to respond so I, I love hearing from from readers so you so reading like i said i'm going through second coming then i went through flintstones and checking out your other works and then when ahoy announced billionaire island i was instantly putting that on my poll um because your name has basically become now, if I see your name on a book, I'm like, all right, it's going into it because I've appreciated your work so far. And you see, I, but I noticed in like Flintstones and Billionaire Island, Second Coming, you have a tendency to have us look at ourselves from a different viewpoint as a society of kind of taking these characters of like the Flintstones or, you know, religious organizations or, you know, tycoon, you know, yeah, companies. And having us kind of look at it from a different perspective um, in, you know, whether all those, whatever that comes with it, you know, whether it's, you know, issues of war, whether it's issues of, you know, the distribution of wealth, whether it's all these things, where do you kind of get what ideas that you want to take from like the real world and have us kind of look at that through your comics? Well, I think that if I, if I had to pigeonhole myself as a writer, I'd probably say I'm, I'm probably most comfortable as a science fiction writer. Because I think this is essentially what science fiction writers do. They talk about the world they live in. They talk about current events and their fears of where civilization is heading, but they put it on another planet or they put it, you know, in caveman times so that people don't get defensive. So people can read about themselves without feeling like it's about themselves. Mm. That they, can, they can say, oh, well, those, those people are idiots. Those people on bedrock sure seem stupid. Not realizing or perhaps realizing, but not, not, um, being offended by the fact right. that it's actually about people in today's civilization. Yeah. It's actually about people about themselves and their their friends. And, and I think that's what, you know, good science fiction does is it talks about big topics, but in a way that's sort of disarming and allows people to sort of like not feel defensive as they're reading it. Hmm. I never, if I would have categorized you, I don't know if I would have categorized you as a science fiction writer. Yeah, but I think and I, and you don't have to categorize me. Uh, right. I'm just saying if somebody put a gun to your head and asked you what kind of writer I was, which I, 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 I'm pretty sure will never happen. But yeah. if some, if in, that did, then you could say, Oh, I, th I think I'm as a science fiction writer. And that would probably be most accurate. Yeah. I, I hope no one would put a gun to my head and ask me. What yeah. Time let's pray that never happens. That would be an awfully weird break. in. Um, so let's, let's talk about then um, you're currently writing second coming uh, begotten, the only begotten son. When you started with Second Coming, did you did you envision it just the first volume that you did that's um, in trade, or did you have visions for Only Begotten and more stories outside of that? 
Oh, I, I had a very expansive vision. I, I, I thought this could go on for, you know, like 24 or 30 issues, but I, but I only thought realistically I had a chance of getting away with six. Okay. So I tried to make the first six issues like as plot dense and as full of like uh, commentary as I possibly could. Um, because I thought at the time that once they, especially after the controversy hit, that they're just going to let me get my six issues, if that, and then, you know, thank me for my service and politely show me the door. Uh, but now we're talking about doing many more series, and which is great because it allows me to take my time. It allows me to introduce, you know, new sort of more tangential com concepts and characters. And so I'm really looking forward uh, in the second series to sort of expanding on the world and the, and the characters that I introduced in the first and then write, maybe writing more stories that, that unlock these other concepts that I had in my mind when I, when I was thinking about the initial story. Mm. So, um, so the first series, the first volume kind of basically, you know, like you said, very plot driven. It had, you know, Jesus, it had Sunstar, the superhero, uh, living together and trying to deal with each other's problems and figure out life together through that concept. Uh, this first issue that comes out is a, it has those, both those characters too, but we don't really get to see those characters too much. Is that what you're talking about more right. when you're expanding the world? Yeah, it, it more sort of expands. It spends more time with, with each character and tells more in-depth stories. And I think, uh, is more about the philosophical approach of okay. the characters and, and of, of me as a writer. But in a way, I, I feel like this is this is what I had. If you'd let me do anything when I started writing it, this would have been it. Okay. Not just telling like a, not just like basically treating it like a car chase where everything's got to happen like in a frenetic pace, but like allowing the story to sort of breathe and mm. the world to sort of be unveiled. Mm. Which is uh, which is so in interesting to hear because. I remember as I was reading uh, this first issue that um, came out a couple weeks ago, I think it was, it really is an origin story of the superhero that you've created. Right. And I have to ask because I feel like as comic book fans, we have, we've heard the Superman's origin story. We've heard Batman's origin story. We've heard Uncle Ben, uh, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah. We've heard about all those. And when I first started reading, I go, oh, are we going to get a Superman origin story? And this was probably the most engaging. And I was talking to a friend of mine uh, when we were reviewing comics. I'm like, I laughed out loud a lot. And you took so many different, like, just twists and turns with just, like, your own humor and writing style with this to make it a story that we've heard so many times before. But this was just in a completely new, fresh way. Um, so where where was that kind of process for you as you were writing that? Cause I'm sure you were aware of, Oh yeah. Superman story. Well, when I first pitched second coming, I actually pitched it as a Superman comic and uh, they, they're like, well, this is a, a new and unique take on Superman, but unfortunately it, it, you know, we get death threats when he refuses to say the pledge of allegiance. So we're not about to have him share a two bedroom apartment with Jesus Christ uh but dan didio told me he said but look i'll tell you what you pitch it as a creator-owned property uh not not as a superman thing and we'll we'll publish it through vertigo so i did that which was liberating in a way because it allowed me because it wouldn't have made sense to have jesus christ paired with another equally nice guy you know the, he right. has allowed allowed me to make sunstar more of a jerk more of like a um a guy who's been sort of scarred by the world that he lives in 
And, uh, and, but yeah, the one things that remained from that initial concept was the origin story, how it really is a sort of a commentary on the Superman origin story. Yeah. And like, is like I said, like just the, the whole aspect of everything you did. Um, I never thought I would be laughing reading a comic that's a Superman com commentary on a Superman origin story. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a downer to think, oh, the, the world's going to explode. But right. but yeah, it's just kind of a funny concept to think about, like how people would spend their last night, you know, with the world about to explode. And man, so just props to you for that, of uh, taking a story that I feel like we've all heard before and making it in a fresh, and unique way. So that's super impressive to me. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, well, so I noticed too with like with your writing, you have, um, you know. So I know um, Richard Pace is with you on Second Coming here, uh, and then but with Billionaire Island, you seem to had most of the team that was with you with Flintstones. Right. Yeah. Kind of, we had uh, Steve Pugh and Chris Chuckery. Yeah. How do you go about um, kind of figuring out like is that your decision more of who you're going to work with when it comes to your creative teams, or is it um, you know the companies or? What's that process? It's ultimately the, the company's decision, but, you know, and, and I just assumed that Steve probably wasn't going to be available. So I didn't even bother suggesting him, but then um, Tom Pyre, the editor on uh, Billionaire Island, or the, I'm sorry, the publisher, Sarah Litt was the editor on Billionaire mm -hmm. Island, but Tom Pyre, the publisher said, well, what, what about Steve Pugh? What if he's available? And I said, well, of course, Steve's available. He'd be perfect for this comic. I just didn't dare to dream that he would, he would, deign to do this but so he talked to steve and steve was on board um so yeah it was really nice to be able to sort of get get the band back together from flintstones to to, to tell billy and ireland especially because the flintstones really is sort of about the beginning of civilization and the foundational errors that were made at the beginning and billionaire island is more about like the end of civilization and how those initial errors that were made in bedrock have all have come back to burn us all yeah and it was so cool because it was a different it was a different take on you know like you said you're you're in the Flintstones world you're in the caveman world and now you're in this futuristic kind of billionaire um, island <laughs> um, so it was cool to see how the art and colors changed and shifted with that um, well I don't want to take up too much of your time uh, like I said I'm I'm grateful for you hopping on and talking comics with me but I gotta ask like you have other stuff that you're kind of working on right now besides second coming yeah. or is um, oh yeah absolutely i've got like a probably like four or five things i've already written that haven't been announced yet okay but in addition to that i've also got um superman versus imperious lex which is one of the the titles for the dc's future state series yeah. which comes out later this month mm -hmm. and um and i've got some more stuff with dc and and marvel that hasn't been announced yet and um there probably will also be some be some more billionaire island in the, the near future like probably at the end of the year or something nice well that's that is exciting to hear because um yeah uh billionaire island stuff you're doing and you know to superman on with the dc that's so cool because i remember you know picking up uh i think it was the riddler year of the villain issue last year um which was just another fresh take on just kind of the story you know king tut and riddler which was great 
Yeah, it's probably the most existentialist riddle, riddle comic ever ever written, uh, which which I don't say as as a compliment to myself, but it's just just the fact. But yeah, and also for the uh, Superman versus Imperious Lex uh, comic book, that's also Steve Pugh. Oh so wow, we're, we're working together yet again. The band is back again. <laughs> right, can't get rid of him now. <laughs> now he's tucked. <laughs> so well, thank you so much uh, again for taking. Where can you know? Where can people find you? Follow along with what you're doing. Stay up to up to date with. I'm most active, probably too active, on on Twitter. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Manrus, M-A-N-R-U-S-S. And I will have I'll have that link in the description of this video. There's also I also have an Instagram account at at Manrus, but it's mostly just you know pictures of squirrels in my yard or and stuff like that. So not nearly as engaging, I don't think. But hey, who knows? You might have some squirrel enthusiasts that there could be. <laughs> so, um, well, gang, I hopefully if you have not had a chance to check out um, any of the books that we've talked about, I know Second Coming is in trade. Uh, Billionaire Island's in trade right now, too, right? Or yes, um, right, just and, came out with a with a great forward by um, by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. So, oh, so he did the forward for Billionaire Island. Yeah, uh, you had uh, well, Patton Oswald did the uh, right one for well, Second Coming. Yeah, Second Coming. So I'm getting champagne tastes. <laughs> They're spoiling me with these forwards, these introductions. So definitely go check those out. Um, hit up your LCS to see that. Um, and you know, get in on Second Coming, get in on the Superman Imperious Lex, and all the other stuff. Follow along with Mark so you can see what he has coming up down the road. So, uh, Thank you so much again for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. With that being said, hopefully you all can find some time to curl up, grab a book, and nerd out. Peace.